I think what hurt me more than the words that my father-in-law was saying was that my mother-in-law had no support for me as a fellow woman. And I think that hurt more than the words being said. You're listening to Mom After Hours, a podcast where we talk about the wins and challenges of being a modern mom. For real, we don't sugarcoat and we cover everything that is taboo. And don't you worry, mama, we save a seat for you. Hello, welcome to Mom After Hours. This is your host, Brandy Wyattrack. Thank you for joining me today. Relationships can be complicated. (laughs) I think we all understand that, Um, especially with your in-laws. And some of you may be blessed with ultra supportive mother-in-laws who have your back. You go shopping together. It's like having another girlfriend and father-in-laws who are just like another dad. You know, you barbecue together, you can have throwback beers together. And it's basically like a (laughs) older version of your husband. And they're people that we call on who love us and they appreciate us as their own children. And for some of us, for the unlucky, your in-laws can be complete assholes who won't compromise on anything. They cause more strife in your relationship than good. And they don't understand the impact they have on your health and your family harmony. And today's guest, Dana Moss, has the latter. But it wasn't always like that. It seemed to change as soon as the engagement ring landed on her finger. So just to give you a little bit of background on Dana, she's a first-time mama to a cute little boy. She admits that she's a horrible housewife to her husband of almost six years. She was a full-time stay-at-home mom that literally spends each day just trying to survive. And she says that she fumbles her way through motherhood, living solely by trial and error. And she prefers iced coffee so that she doesn't have to worry about her coffee getting cold. And she pretty much just eats her kids' chicken nuggets. Um, She's very funny. She runs a page called Mom's Confessions or Millennial Mom Confessions on Facebook and Instagram. She's got a wonderful website that has very relatable motherhood stories. She pumps out some of these hilarious memes and... There's a lot more to her story than what you see online. Today, she's going to share what led to her and her husband's decision to finally ask their in-laws, aka his parents, out of their life and what to do if you are in similar shoes. Let's dig in, mamas. I love your writing. I love your memes. I love everything that you are. And I love that you just kind of say it all. A lot of those things that moms think that we're afraid to put out there and you're just like, bitch, this is how it is. Let me give it to you. I love that. I love that. And I know that in one, I can't remember where I saw it, but I remember you sharing before that you stopped talking with your in-laws. I know that a lot of us have interesting relationships with our in-laws. <laughs> so I feel like this is so relevant. Um, and I feel like this is something that all women could relate to. And I'm so interested to hear the circumstances that led to that decision of kind of cutting off your in-laws. So can you share a little bit about how all that came about and what ultimately led to that decision? Yes. So first and foremost, I think it's important that women understand that if you don't have a good relationship with your mother-in-law, that's okay. 
I think that there's a lot of, oh, like stigma against like, you have to have a good relationship with your in-laws and just kind of put up with it. Like even if they don't treat you well. And I am a huge proponent of cutting negative people out of my life. I always have been. Friends, especially, I have no qualms with cutting you off if you are not giving me anything positive in my life. If you are not supportive of me, if you are not happy for me, Um, You know, I give 100% in my friendships all the time. And sometimes it's to a fault in the sense that I have very, very, very high expectations from from my friends, which, like like I said, sometimes is my fault that I expect what I put in. And I know that not everyone is capable of that. And it's disappointing sometimes. And I have definitely lost a lot of friends over the course of my 30 years of life because there's just, they're just not capable of giving back what I put in. So first and foremost, I do want to say that it is okay to cut toxic people out of your life. And that includes your your in-laws. Um, I didn't go into this marriage with a negative uh, relationship with my in-laws. Everything was fine for a little bit um, until there was a lot of competition with my brother-in-law and his now wife. And I think that stems back to my husband's relationship with his family has always been on the kind of toxic side, just how they treated him. And I think it took me kind of coming into the picture to kind of show him what a positive relationship with your family looks like. And I think he kind of saw that with me and my own family and kind of looked back on, you know, the 25 years uh, that he had been with his family at the time that we got together, kind of saw some issues and how really how that kind of turned into when we got engaged there were a lot of requirements that my in-laws wanted from me um in my wedding for instance for instance like it was just one day and i I, uh, let i should start by saying i tried to have a relationship with my sister-in-law and she just (laughs) had no interest really in kind of having a friendship with me. And I said, I stepped back and said, okay, like if you're not, that's totally fine. I tried to talk to her a couple of times and was really getting kind of spit in the face. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of done. And my mother-in-law one day just said, have you given any thought to having her as a bridesmaid in your wedding? And I I kind of was taken aback. <laughs> yeah, no, bitch, no. Well, at the <laughs> like, time, how do I say this nicely? <laughs> yeah, I was like, and I, you know, I'm trying to be polite but I I would have I wanted to scream fuck no but I was like um no I mean I had already had some girls chosen and she was not one of them because uh hello she's not my friend um and I tried to explain that to her and she just kind of looked at me like a deer in headlights and she literally said well she's gonna be your sister and again I'm like uh okay and please tell me where is it written that like I have to have her because she's my sister going to be my sister-in-law And it was just a, you need to have her as a bridesmaid. And I said, no. At that point, it was just a flat out no. So is that kind of like the first time you had a little bit of a tiff? Yeah, because I think it was later that night, we get a very angry call from my brother-in-law who they got engaged in January of 2013 and we got engaged in June. And it was we have to get married first. He said this, we have to get married first. So we were literally told that the year of 2014 was completely out. We could not get married in 2014 because they were getting married in 2014. It was, uh, that phone call was, I'm a terrible person for not having her as a bridesmaid. 
And it just kind of became, I was just getting berated for not having her. And I was a terrible person. Did you, did your husband, and obviously I'm sure you would have told your husband, yes, you can say this or you can't. Was he like open with him? Like, you know, so-and-so doesn't treat my wife very well. And why does she want to have someone who disrespects her or treats her negatively in her wedding? You know, um, so I or was think, it kind of just like, no, I don't know. We're sorry. No, or- no, no. He, well, I think there was a, that inner, inner struggle. I think because he had previously never opened up to them. Communication was not very big in his family and it's very big in mine. Um, so I think there was a lot of that inner struggle of learning how to communicate with them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Just kind of learning how to say, this isn't right you guys need to stop. I think there was a lot of that. So in the beginning, I think he was kind of trying to tread lightly, but towards the end, it was a, she's not doing this. So you need to stop. So there was, I think there was there, he definitely did try to support me at that time in the best way that he knew how, just because it it wasn't, it wasn't in his makeup at that point to kind of speak up to them. But as things kind of progressed, because then it kind of turned into my father-in-law was really nasty to me and basically said things like, if Dana weren't around, like, you know, the relationship with your family would still be great. Like it was pretty much like, it was pretty much like I came in and just completely destroyed their family, which of course was not the case. All I was doing to, to my husband was just kind of showing him it's not, it's not right to be treated like this for him. Not so much for me, how they treated him wasn't healthy and it wasn't right. Basically, you helped him find his worth and his confidence that, like, you know, this is not okay to be treated like this. Correct. And they were used to, I mean, kind of going based off what you said, he was used to probably being walked on and not Mm -hmm. being treated fairly or unjust. And you saw they're like, hey, I love this person and I don't want to see that had them be treated like like this. So it's kind of like you, you're teaching him like it is, this is not healthy and this is not okay to be treated like that. Yes. And I, I'm very outspoken. So they had never been used to probably a girl speaking out. And, you know, I, I was telling them like, I don't deserve to be treated like this. I'm not going to be treated like this. And I'm going to stand up for myself. And they were like, whoa, like what is going on here? You know, she's got a and mouth. They're not to used her. to that, right? Because you said they're like from the Midwest, and I the live Midwest. in the Midwest now, yeah. and it's pretty traditional out here. And I mean, especially kind of in the more rural areas where, you yeah. know, they're pretty conservative. And yes, I mean, yes, Chicago, I guess you could say, is it's more probably a little progressive. bit more progressive, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, but it's still like, it's still there. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah it's it Midwest values, that. Midwest core. It's kind oh, of like yeah. the woman's in the home and she's cooking in the cleaning and the men are out working or working on the farm or working downtown. And yep. yes, and they come home and dinner's on the table. And I am just the complete opposite of that. And my mother-in-law was, you know, she kept the house and she did work, but you know, she maintained the house. It was clean. You know, dinner was ready. And I was like, <laughs> you're, I told my husband, you're not getting that. So if you're looking for that, I'm the wrong girl because that's not what you're going to get here. I mean, I will love you to death, but I'm not going to clean up after you. I'm not going to, you know, take your shoes off and give you a foot rub. Like maybe later, but like, that's not me when you get home from work. Like, no, I mean, he works his ass off, but like, I don't, I don't repay him in that way. Let's just say that. So I think it was definitely, like you said, it was a lot of shock of, I can't believe this girl is standing up for herself. And I think what hurt me 
more than the words that my father-in-law was saying was that my mother-in-law had no support for me as a fellow woman. And I think that hurt more than the words being said. I can, I'm a big girl. You know, I have thick skin. I can handle words, you know, even though you can't take them back once they're said, I get that. Her lack of support for me and not standing up. And this is what you just said, like that whole, you know, traditional role she couldn't look at him and say, that's going to be our daughter-in-law. Don't speak to her like that. There was no support for me. And that cut more to my core than anything that he could have said to me. Words are words. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. That's how you feel great. The fact that the handwriting was on the wall of what my relationship with her was going to be was more hurtful, I think, than than the words being spoken. And so was it just the, these things just kept piling up it was and things pi- were it was, tense? Like, yeah, so they're was, not in the same state. As, did you ever live in the same area no. as they did? Okay. I went to school in Indiana and that was the closest cause he's from Indiana. So that was the closest that we were to them. So um, what did you ever like, were you guys ever like at family gatherings together, like the holidays or anything like that, where you were put in these intense situations also, or was it kind of like from the get-go, it was just not from the get-go because you did mention that like once you're like getting married, then that's when things kind of mm-hmm. started happening. Mm-hmm. But did things just kind of pile up over time or did you just see that things were not changing? Like um, what kind of led to like, you know what, this is shit and I'm not putting up with it. It definitely escalated once we, once getting married was imminent prior, you know, I went over for Thanksgiving, you know, a couple times and it wasn't so much tense at that point, but it definitely was, you know, especially with the whole competition with my brother-in-law, you know, it was just things had to happen first. It just, it, it, that kind of was awkward, but I think once, once a wedding was, was imminent, I think that that is when things kind of started to escalate. And I mean, it got to the point where my brother and sister-in-law did not come to our wedding. They were not invited, which again was, uh, that, that was a whole ordeal in and of itself. Um, you know, my husband, I talked about it to death and almost to the point where, even even having his brother as as his best man, he ended up not even he he wasn't my husband's best man. My it was his best friend ended up becoming his best man because I kind of sat him down and said, "Look, a best man, you know, can it be a brother? Yes, but it's someone who is close to you and will have your back with things and supports you." And I said, "How can you look at your brother who does not support you?" And have him stand up there with you. I said, it would it would be weird for me to see him standing up there. And I think that took a lot of inner reflection from my husband to finally realize that. And he said, okay, well, he says, I, I want to have a conversation with my brother, you know, about everything that's going on. And it was kind of like a, he did kind of extend that. And he said, I do want to talk to you. And his brother was very closed off with that, did not want to speak to him about it. And my husband kind of said, if you don't talk to me about this, then you won't be invited. That, that was kind of it. It was a, you, you talk to me like an adult, 
so we can go over some things. And if you choose not to, then you won't be invited. And we got a call from my sister-in-law who basically just flat out said, I want to know where our invitation is. Like, are we getting invited? The thing (laughs) is, is it's like, it's a privilege to go to somebody's wedding, not a right, regardless if you're family or not. If you're going to treat the person like shit, then why do you want somebody who doesn't have your back at your wedding? That's like, how do you know they wouldn't be talking shit about you at your own fucking wedding? And I'm sure that they would. I think it would, I think it would have been a comparison. It would have been, oh, she has this. Well, we had this. And I just didn't want that stress. Like, I was super chill, you know, planning my wedding. I knew what I wanted. I, you know, wasn't a bridezilla. I was like very easygoing on the day of. And I just, I knew them being there would cause unnecessary stress. And, you know, it wasn't a decision that we came to lightly. It wasn't like we woke up one day and said, these fuckers aren't coming to our wedding. Like it just, it wasn't that at all. It was a lot of conversation. It was a lot of tears. It was a lot of emotion. It was a lot on both sides. You know, my husband as well, you know, trying to break through this uh, outward, you know, just a lot of emotion, you know, a lot of pent up aggression about, you know, his childhood. And I think it was just a lot of, a lot of feelings. It was just, I think he, he was realizing for the past 20, you know, we got married, we were 24. So the past, you know, 24, 25 years of his life of regression and just, you know, being oppressed and just can't talk about certain things and no feelings were being discussed. And now marrying me, who is a ball of feelings and a ball of communication and speaking for up for myself. And I think it was a lot of that. And I think there was a, a lot of pent up, you know, stuff that was going yeah. on there. So you essentially, um, you kind of helped your husband heal. I mean, it, it, it you kind of have to go through a little bit of the fire and chaos to reach healing. And, and, and I, I wish that it didn't come to that. You know, I, I know that this hasn't been easy on him at all, but I, I'm not sorry that it took me coming into the picture to let, to get him to see that, I guess I, I, I should say, um, but uh, we got married and, you know, my in-laws were there and, you know, we kind of set some ground rules. Like I really didn't want to have them talk to me about anything that was going on. I wanted to enjoy the weekend. I really just didn't want any of that being brought up. I wanted to have a good time. You know, my, my family was coming, you know, to the wedding. I just didn't want any red flags of like, you know, no tears, no, just, I just want to have a good time. Yeah. And no knew, drama at a wedding. You no just drama have fun and, I, and enjoy your golden day. And yeah. yeah. And I knew that my mother-in-law would cause some drama. I mean, I think that she probably cried just about every night, you know, that she was there because I can't believe like he's marrying this girl who's a witch or whatever she wanted to call me. Um, And really, after we got married, it just didn't really get any better. Um, You know, they would try. There was, you know what it was? There was just, there was just never any apology for, for any of it. You know, how I was spoken to, how there was no support for me. There just wasn't anything. It was like, that was how they felt. And they felt it was completely okay. So they, they felt they had no part to play in it. Like they, they, they literally did. just and pinned everything on you. Pretty much. And, you know, my husband and I did go for a marital counseling to kind of deal with this. 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of therapy. If you need it, go talk to somebody, you know, I'm not ashamed of that. You know, we, we sometimes do go for, you know, marital counseling now, you know, even when there's something hard that, you know, we cannot go through on our own, we need help. Um, and so we did talk to somebody about it and just kind of how to learn to live this life without them in it. And we, I think we're at a really good spot now we, I mean, it's, they're completely cut off. I mean, they, they do not, they do not know our son and they will not know our son. So what, at how, at what point were you, were you guys like, I'm done? Like, was it like shortly after the wedding or? It was, I think we were at that point pretty much at the wedding, but I think after was definitely, it was a relief, you know, that we made it through and we were okay. I think there was definitely that, we kind of knew that that was the path that we were going down. I don't think that there, at this point, of course, I mean, we've been going, we've been married almost six years, you know, I don't think at this point there's anything that could salvage the damage that's been done over the last few years. I think, you know, I mean, I know my brother and my brother-in-law and sister-in-law have had a, a child since, you know, all of this. So I think that my in-laws are content with those grandchildren that they know. And I think my son is just kind of, they know he's there, but they just are acting like he's not, I, I, I guess. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I'm, look, look, I, he's getting plenty of love from my side of the family. So I know that he's going to be okay. He will always know love. I don't think he will, you know, he's not going to suffer from this. If anything, I would, I would say sorry to them that they're the ones missing out because he is the fucking best kid ever. And he's the and, fucking cutest too. I've seen you. those little pictures of thank him. He's you. so he, cute. He is a little ham. So if anything, I'm sorry for them. I'm sorry that they decided to make it like this because you are missing out. He's not missing out on you. You're missing out on him. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm sorry for that for them. Yeah. It's, that's just, that's a tough spot to be in, but I agree that, you know, <sighs> It's not good to have unhealthy relationships just because somebody is blood doesn't mean that they have to stay in your life. I know that we want to fight to have them in our life and we, we, we do our best and you, you did your best. You're trying to talk to them. Your husband's trying to talk them to, to them and have conversations, but they don't want to accept any responsibility no. for the part that they're playing in it. No. And that's just sometimes you get to this crossroads where if this person or people are negatively impacting your life, it's like, what value are they bringing? If they're not bringing any value and they're only causing you pain and harm and angst, then why in the fuck are they still in your life? Right. So, and I, I think that that what you said is definitely needs to be pressed that it doesn't matter if they're family. It doesn't matter if they're blood. It doesn't matter. If they make you feel like shit and are not bringing you any positiveness to your life, it's okay to get rid of them. And I think that that not even just here. I think that that needs, that message needs to be spread more because we have this, you know, it's like, well, they're my family. And it's like, no, it doesn't matter. Like, it does not matter if it's your mom, your dad, your grandma, aunt, whatever. If they make you feel any less than you know that you are, they should go. That's, that's just me. You're, you don't deserve to be treated like that. Nobody deserves to be treated like that. So family or not, get them the fuck out if they're going to make you feel like that. Yeah. And that's, that's for friends, family. It doesn't matter. 
we only live once or yeah. some people think we have multiple lives. I, well, maybe we do have multiple lives. I don't yeah, know. Do, but in but... this life, I want to fucking enjoy it. And I agree that if there's things that are just constantly bringing you down and are not bringing you joy, you got to get rid of it. And I mean, of course, you don't have to be you know, drastic, like you can try to work on it, which you guys clearly did. Oh, yeah. You're trying to have the conversations, oh, yeah. but it, but it's like, you can't just keep hammering and throwing things at something and just no progress is being made when there's no progress. It's like, sometimes you got to make that hard decision to walk away and know that there's something better out there for you. you maybe know? I shouldn't have been so harsh. You should definitely try. I'm not saying, you know, give it like two seconds and then be done. Give it, give it a shot. If, if you're, if you keep, you know, throwing shit against the wall and nothing is sticking, then, then I think it's fair to say, I have done my due diligence. I have done everything I can. You know, I keep trying to reach out. I keep trying to make amends. I keep trying to make things better when I just keep getting slapped in the face. I have to be done. So I, I should say I'm, I'm a proponent of removing people from your life. If you've done the best that you could in trying to make the relationship work. And if, if you keep getting slapped in the face, then I am a huge proponent of saying, you know what, I've done what everything I could, I'm, I'm done. Yes. So. I, I second that. Well, I'm glad that you're, <laughs> so you're close with your family. So your mom lives close by, right? Yes, yeah, she does. So that's wonderful. So you still have a positive oh, yeah. grand, grandparent or someone that's close by for yes. your son and you have a support system. Your husband's able to see how a healthy family relationship works. Yep. And I'm sure it's probably an epiphany for him too, seeing the relationship that you have with your mom and seeing definitely. like, wow, I, I definitely didn't have that with my parents or, you know, maybe it changed. And she's really kind of adopted him in a sense. So I think he now, you know, I mean, he calls her mom, you know, I, I think that he kind of, you know, has that healthy mother son relationship now that he should have always had. So. Yeah, that's just, it's just, it's just hard. Have they tried to reach out to you guys or send a letter or like call or yeah, just we've gotten a few we've gotten a few like very weird letters um they sent they sent my son a, a gift when he was born and we sent it back so which i know is like the one of the biggest fuck yous you could do is, <laughs> which yes. I, yeah, it, it was i mean we we because i didn't want to accept it you know it's like yeah you're not coming into his life so by accepting your gift i'm, I'm basically saying yeah no you're life. right you yeah, you got to fix the problem. We're not going to put a, a Band-Aid on it. This present is not going to be the Band-Aid on our relationship correct. to get. And I think we that's need to fix this before yeah. I allow you to come back into my life. Definitely. Because and your health that's what, that's what is important. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. It was, here's a gift. And I was like, no. So it was sent back. And after that, we never heard anything again. So. So that was I several years ago then, that was, right? Yeah, or two years was, ago. Yep. Yeah, that's. It sucks. It's hard, but, you but you know what? Your we're son. Now. Yeah. And you've got your mom there. Your son can see that. Like, so my, I, you know, I live in the Midwest now and my mother in law is 10 minutes away. That's Violet's pretty much only grandparent that, yeah, or she is the only grandparent that's here. So she makes up for, you know, my, my parents, you know, like my dad and stepmom, they live in Northern California and they do their best. They come out here and they visit. They're actually coming out next week. Oh, they nice. make an effort. They That'd really, nice. really do. And we Good. go out there and visit a lot, but it's still hard not having them like here to see yeah. pilot. But then it's like with my real mom and I don't, I, I love her 
my mom, it's, you know, I was a total mommy's girl growing up, but my mom, it's, she's just, I don't want to put a label. I don't know. Vain. She's just all about herself. And it hurts me sometimes that she, like, we don't, we didn't have any fight. So it's, it's unlike your in-laws and your family situation and that, you know, I was being treated negatively, but my mom just doesn't really have a desire to, I guess, visit with her grandchildren or visit me. My mom has met my daughter one time. My daughter's almost three. She's met her and visited with her one time. That was when she was almost two years old. She's, and then my other nieces, my mom's maybe seen them two or three times, and they're like 13 and I think 11. Right. And they live at least on the same coast on, right. you know, with the other ones. But it's, it's, I know it's different from your situation, but it's similar in the way that like, you don't have to have tons of family to make your child or to make you feel good about yourself or have a happy family. It only takes that one one or Absolutely, two people yep. that are have that's a healthy relationship and that's for you it's you for your husband and your and your mom for you know both you and your husband. You only need a few fa- healthy family members in your life to make up for it. And I'm not saying that I don't value my the relationship I have with my parents, but my my mother-in-law it's it can be rough around the edges at sometimes, but if I just put like just looking at her relationship with my with my daughter, mm-hmm. she does everything and more for my granddaughter. So I, my daughter's not missing out on not having a second set of grandparents close by, which so. is how I feel. My mom makes up for all of it. She spoils him. You know, she's obsessed with him. So you know, I don't feel like. Like I, I get a lot of like, oh, don't you think he's like missing out on, you know, having the two sets? And I'm like, truthfully, no, because the love that he gets from one is quadruple, you know, what he would get from both sides. So yeah. and look at how many children have been raised today that were are in single parent, you know, absolutely single parent households that it they happens. are completely fine. They got tons of love from, you know, just the mom or just the dad. And Definitely. maybe the, even and hopefully maybe they had grandparents in their life. Maybe they didn't. But I know tons of strong, well to do, healthy people that survived in single families absolutely or they didn't have any grandparents whatsoever so okay yeah they they're fine i'm super appreciative of you sharing this story because i know that sometimes it's it's hard to talk about these things that are you know near and dear to your heart and that you know i i know the situation is not ideal but i'm glad that i'm glad that you or have been kind of like a pillar of strength for your husband and helped him see that, you know, it's important to have the healthy relationships. And I'm, I'm happy that you didn't do what's expected for us to do. Like we're told that, well, if it's your family, you just got to tough it out and, you know, blood's thicker than water. Mm, Yeah. But I want to be happy. I want to be happy. So uh, props to you for putting you and your family first and, putting your, your health and your happiness first. Definitely. Always, always, always. Is there anything that they could do that would change the dynamics of your relationship? No. No. Hands down, no. So if they just showed up at your doorstep tomorrow, oh, apologizing and crying and oh. tears and saying, Dana, we fucked up. We went through therapy um, and we finally, it, it, we oh. see the errors in our ways. No, 911 would be... <laughs> Get off my property. No, <laughs> no, we've, we talked. And, and I mean, we talked about that. Like if that were to ever happen, cause like I, there was a, there was a period where I could have seen that happening. Um, I think we're past that now. I think that they've accepted it for what it is. 
Um, no, they're, the damage is, unfortunately, has already been done. Um, I think we were past that window where, you know, maybe things could be amended. Uh, I'm not, not at least for me. And I think my husband is happier, you know, without them. So no, I think at this point, no. And that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Absolutely. So where, where can our listeners find more about your writings, your super funny freaking memes, and just like that authentic mom journey? So Facebook is a little bit <laughs> right now, <laughs> yep. um, but I do. I am at Millennial Mom Confessions on Facebook. Instagram is mo- at Mom's Confession. Um, if, you, if you're looking for more humor memes, go to my Instagram. That's all that's on there. Uh, Facebook's more of where I kind of do my writing, but as I said, right now it's kind of in the crapper. So um, I think it is definitely, definitely in yeah, there. I moved everyone. away from I I moved away from writing, which I you know my last post was I, I miss it. I'm definitely going to spring the writing back, but right now I think everyone just wants to read funny shit. There's mm-hmm. too much negativity going on right now in this world. Um, so I've kind of just been doing a lot of humor stuff, but um, definitely memes are where it's at for me. So check out my Instagram. I, I love that. She's fucking funny, people. If you're not following her, fucking (laughs) press pause in the episode and go find her on Instagram. Thank you so much, Brandy. (laughs) I've said it once and I'll say it again. You have to do what works for you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. And if you'd like to learn more about Dana Moss or Millennial Mom Confessions, check out momafterhours.com forward slash episodes. I'd like to give a shout out to all the mamas out there who have rated and reviewed Mom After Hours and who have sent me DMs and comments about the show. It means the world to me and keep those comments coming. Let me know what show topics you would like to see in 2021 because mama's on a roll and she is planning out everything. I've got some awesome experts and guests coming up. So make sure you are subscribed to Mom After Hours so you will always know when the latest episode drops. Until next time, mamas.